welcome to our happy place where we're trying to figure things out. I'm here today with uh, my good friends and co-hosts and producers of our program, Fishing with Odd Fate, Mr. Uh, Mike and uh, Miss Missy Sorg. So today we're going to discuss some things that we normally do, trying to figure things out. However, we're going to talk about something today that isn't very difficult to figure out because on Fishing with Odd Bay, we've already kind of figured that out to separate from what's important and what is not. Since you've been along for this ride since uh, the very beginning, Missy, uh, what, what do you feel about that? Have you ever, have you been able to filter out your life a little bit? I'm going to say that I'm in the filtering process. It's it's an ever-evolving process for me. <laughs> As one of the things that we often do on this program is to help people find out what's important. I was reading an article on the Huffington Post on February the 2nd uh, of this year by a young lady by the name of Amy Packham. And it was from a uh, story from Dr. Alistair McAlpine. He's from uh, Cape Town, South Africa. And what he did was he interviewed terminally ill children terminally ill children and adolescents, and he was asking them what was important about their lives. What was important? Who would be more truthful about what was important than people who were approaching the end of their journey? Well, I think that's interesting because usually when I've heard, you know, stories of people on their deathbed, they've lived a long life, and what what do you regret not doing, or what what do you wish you would have spent more time doing? But to look at it through the eyes of children, and I know this is something recurring in your podcast is, you know, having that beginner's approach to everything, that beginner's mind. That's an interesting turnabout with it. Isn't it? I, I thought it was absolutely fascinating. It was also a, also a heart-wrenching and a little little teary. Very much so. Because again, you know, you you expect to live a long life and here are these kids fighting for theirs. Yes. And uh, what I was impressed with, with most of them viewed it logically and with a great deal of acceptance. But here's what I found uh, most interesting, Missy. None of them wish they had watched more TV. Really? And none of them wish they had spent more time on Facebook. I can't imagine Not that. Not <laughs> one of them wish they had spent more time playing video games. Not one. Zero. Well, when it comes down to what's important in life, um, I've I've actually had this conversation a couple of different times. And for me, first and foremost, is family. Like, family is a, a huge important thing to me. And around the time that my dad started getting kind of ill health, and when I got the call at work that they were taking him to the major medical facility uh, a couple of hours away, because they had to do some additional testing that the local facility couldn't couldn't handle. I looked at my boss, and I mean they they were very understanding, but they they told me you know do what you need to do, just keep us posted and, and let us know if there's anything we can do for you. And my very first thought was, I don't care if I have a job, I can find another job. I can't find another dad. Would you say that again? I, I can find another job. I can't find another dad. Mm. And that was the key important thing for me was getting home being with my mom as she sat there in the waiting room, just waiting for hours until the doctors could come out and tell us what was going on and just being there with her, being there for my dad. I didn't care about going into work. I didn't care about the fact that I had work piling up on my desk day after day that I wasn't there. I didn't care that I was getting calls from my boss saying, so when are you coming back? It's been a couple of days and you know, we don't know what's going on with you. Because it was my dad. 
Well, of course, I think then you focused in on what was important. Exactly. So these children spoke of simple things. Uh, they often mentioned their pets, how much they loved their pets and how much they loved to cuddle them. Uh, they talked about the love from their family. They talked about building sandcastles. They talked about reading books and being loved to tell stories, both telling stories and being told stories. Uh, isn't and, and yet that's communication between people. Their most valued virtue, the most valued thing that they found in their life was kindness. Kindness from others. Mm -hmm. Kindness speaks volumes. There are two different type of people that I remember in my life. And it's the people who have wronged me in such a way that if I have this deep hurt. And then it's the people who have gone out of their way to do a kindness. And it might not have been something that seemed very huge to them, but at that point in time in my life, it was a, a big thing for me. And it speaks volumes. Indeed. The, the kindness, the other things weren't even close. No, definitely not. They spoke of people being kind to them, a nurse, someone, and someone not doing, moving the world for them. But to them, it was their world. It was a smile. It was a kind word. Mm -hmm. And another thing that they loved... They loved to be with people that made them laugh. Oh, absolutely. Not that I can imagine this, but, you know, I, I've I've known people who've had terrible illnesses and, you know, they've been very ill. They've been very sick. And, you know, if, if my one friend had cancer and she had lost her hair and people could tell that, you know, she's walking around, she's bald. And they would just kind of look at her like, a, oh, that poor thing. And she was just like, I'm tired of people looking at me like that. I, I just want to be able to have people smile, you know, s look beyond all of this and see me. Absolutely. And that uh, reminds me, we've talked before on this program about that movie, Shallow Hell with Jack Black, where he receives some type of, I don't know, hypnosis or whatever, a different mindset where he would see what was inside of people rather on the outside. Yes. There are plenty of times that I wish more people could see the good in people. Um, you know, you, you focus on, oh, that person has a nice big fancy car. That person has, you know, the the latest fashion. I really wish that I could be like them when if you actually peel away all those layers, those people are the most miserable people on the face of the earth. Like they're not happy with where they are and they're trying to put on a mask. They're trying to put on something to make the world seem better, not be better, seem better. And what they loved was they loved cuddling. They loved human touch. They loved people holding them, touching them, holding hands. They, above all, they valued time with their families. And they spent a great deal of time describing it. The hugs, the kisses, the kindness they received, telling people that they loved them and telling them why. We often talk on this program about adding depth to conversations, which add depths to lives. I like it. We had depths to conversation to depths to lives. When you meet someone and you love them, you tell them why you love them. Give them reasons. I love you because. Son, I'm proud of you. Daughter, I'm proud of you. Because. Boom, boom, boom. Name the bullet points. Make that conversation meaningful. Yeah, because there are a lot of times that lip service, you know, people say something just because that's what they're supposed to say or that's what they're supposed to do. But I, I like the idea of saying this is why. Um, I know that in my own relationship, well, relationships plural, you know, that's what I usually do. Um, 
you know, and I, I talk to my parents on a regular basis and I, I let them know that I love them, not just that I love them because I love them, that, you know, they're my parents. But, you know, hey, I remember this time when, you know, we were kids and we did this and it was the best time. It wasn't a huge monetary value thing. It was, you know, sitting around in the morning on a Saturday, just sitting together as a family, enjoying some time together type of thing. Um, You know, I love that my mom just anytime that I need anything, she'll listen. That's what I need at that moment. And she gives you her most valuable asset, the most valuable thing she owns, which is her time. Absolutely. And she doesn't question it. She doesn't expect anything in return for it. She just, that is how she shows her love for me is that she gives me that and she doesn't expect anything in return. So the most valuable thing that you can share with another human being is your time. Absolutely. And on Fishing Without Bait, when we live a life of full impact mindfulness, we take the action and effort to produce that. We help people learn how to be mindful of spending their time like currency. Yes. Whether they want to spend it on bitterness or regret or anger or jealousy, or would you rather spend it with a cherished friend? Would you rather spend it being kind to someone? I think I'd rather spend it being kind to someone with a cherished friend. Absolutely, <laughs> for sure. So what we often ask, and we've asked this before of people, and this is always our challenge to folks out there, who would be standing with you at the end? If everything else was taken away from you, Missy, if your health, whatever money you had, even your home was taken away from you, who'd be with you at the end? Who'd never leave you? Who would be there? Who'd never leave? That would be, like I said, my, my parents, my very close friends, and my husband and family. I can take literally, like I, I joke around about that I have the number of true friends that I have that sort of a deep relationship with, I can count on one hand. If you can, if you have that many, then you are indeed a fortunate woman. And that's the way I look at it. I mean, I foster each of those relationships because they're important to me. Like you said, time is is money. That's where I like to spend my time is with people that are close to me that, that I, I have that relationship with. And if <laughs> like joking, as jokingly as it sounds, um, you know, people say, well, I'd take a bullet for you. Like there are legit a handful, like literally like five people that I can count on my hand right now that I would be willing to. All right. If I had to, I would like, I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't ask. I would just, yeah, I would step in the way and, and I'd, I'd be okay with it. Sure. So we've often talked about this before, too. There's friends of commonality mm -hmm. where you share something in common. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's drinking. Maybe it's doing drugs. Maybe it's being on a bowling team or a golf league. And if you take that out of the equation, then there's there's no commonality there. Mm -hmm. And although you don't dislike each other, there's really no reason for you to be together again. True. And then there's acquaintances, perhaps people that you work with, mm -hmm. okay, that you have no real ties. Work friends. Mm -hmm. And then you do have friends that you, that you do share intimacies with, that you do uh, count on. And then beyond that, you get the life companions. And those are the people that you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like you to ask yourself, who in your life do you trust so much that if they said fall, you would fall without hesitation and you knew they would catch you? You knew it. You'd fall without hesitation. You have people like that in your life? Absolutely. Uh, one of one of them is sitting over here on the couch with us. Um, but yeah, no, and 
like I said, those those people are few, and those are the people that, like you said, you you would trust like that. So these are the relationships you want to identify, add to, and reinforce. These mm-hmm. are the things that are important. I'm all about quality over quantity. So we're, people always seem to be in pursuit of something bigger, something brighter. Uh, I wish I were like him. I wish I were like her. This uh, celebrity cult thing that goes on. That people don't even know who they are. Yeah. And the what people think they know who they are really aren't who they are because they're putting on faces and masks because that's what people want them to be. Right. So what we're talking about, we're talking about real things, okay? And if you remember back a, a while ago, we talked about that Japanese term called ikigai, okay? So it's finding your purpose, finding your passion. We spoke before about our friend Eric Church when he gave that motivational talk uh, that we talked about times, about uh, being gazelles, and gazelles need to be pushed to run, okay? However, lions run from passion, desire. So ikigai is made up of two terms. It's made up of iki, I-K-I, which is the Japanese term for life, and gai, G-A-I, which is value or worth, okay? So finding your purpose, finding your passion for life, this ikigai, requires more than sitting and dreaming, okay? Oh, yes. And it requires, it requires more really and truly than meditating on it, although that, that certainly can help you center. What it requires is action and effort. What it requires is our concept that we've developed, Missy, of full impact mindfulness, and that's exploding into your life. Yes, um, full impact mindfulness. That's, that's definitely something that a lot of people could use. So we're going to list a uh, we're going to list a link on our site. Uh, there's a book by an author by the name of Hector Garcia Kirie, K I R A I, and he's the author of Ikigai, the Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life. And we have a Venn diagram up on our board here. Perhaps we can show a little bit of it later. But I think we'll put it on uh, we'll put it on the website. And basically, what it does it kind of centers in. There's four simple questions: What do you love? What are you good at? What does the world need? And it's important. What can we get paid for? Okay. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is really find. Uh, it's not something that we think we can make some money at, or just something that we're good at. All these things have to be factored in, and the extraneous nonsense, static things need tuned out. Yeah, and I know personally myself, it's that latter part that I have. Have more of the problem with. <laughs> sure, and this this is this is where we do fish without bait. When we when we face without definitive expectations, and unfortunately, some of the definitive expectations that we reach for and search for were placed on us by other people. Oh, absolutely. So again, we want to get to know ourselves. We talk about that relationship with ourselves. We're talking about a whole lot of the podcasts that we've done in the past. I've listened back through some of the past episodes and this is a recurring it is a recurring but it's it's an important recurring concept however it's a simple concept definitely so what we want to do sometimes our life is like a i don't know if you remember before all the all the digital things came around and uh, we could laser tune into a station we could laser focus into a a particular uh, program Uh, in the past you had to do some real fine tuning and most of the stations came in rather fuzzy 
Mm-hmm. However, sometimes our life's like that too, Missy. Okay. Uh, there's a whole lot of static and there's a whole lot of fuzz. So what we do on Fishing Without Bait, this full impact mindfulness deal is paying attention on purpose. We learn how to tune in that radio receiver. We turn into tune in, tune in and focus. And all the other static may still be around, but we're tuned in. We're, we're lasered in. We're focused. Perhaps we found that guy. Perhaps we found that, and that requires action and effort and work, and most people don't want to work. Oh, definitely not. I mean, if, if given the choice between working and not working, yeah, working takes effort. <laughs> it, 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 it takes. It takes action and effort, and we've always talked about that. So our challenge out there for everyone today is to think of like these children we're talking about who are facing the end of their lives, mm-hmm. and what was important for them? What's important for them? Does anyone ever wish, have you ever met anyone in a nursing home or toward the end of their life that said, I wish I would have watched more TV? No. I wish I would have spent more time on Facebook. (laughs) Definitely not. I really wish I would have played more video games. No one, no one says that. No. What what do they want? What do they wish they had more? They wish they had more interaction with the people that meant the most to them, that they had more experiences that... Were those heartfelt moments. And for those of you who have not been following us on Twitter, uh, Fishing Without Bait, what we've been doing lately is emphasizing what's important. Think of people that you love. Think of people that someone has made you smile in the past and reach out to them today. I like that. And be mindful about using your words. Be mindful about using your words as your tongue can both heal and break a heart. And we keep going back to our friend Rumi when he said, raise your words, not your voice. Flowers grow from rain, not from thunder. So what we want to do, let's grow more flowers and make less noise. How about that? I like it. You have a song in your heart, Missy. (laughs) You have a song in your heart. There's, There's a song in my heart. I hope everyone has a song in their heart. And my hope is that everyone out there continues to uh, follow Fishing Without Bait. I hope you've enjoyed our past podcast. We've had some interesting guests, and we hope to have a few in the future. In fact, we have uh, some on the radar, some on the horizon. So our challenge is to you to stay tuned and, as always, expect the unexpected. And as always, we give you a free prescription at the end of every program. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we challenge you to fish without bait, to do a kindness for yourself, to do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself, forgive another, till all are free, none are free. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.